0: So there's this thing that I found. Um, I don't know if it was a conspiracy site or if it was just a, Hey, did you know? But there is no factual basis for blood support, Really? Apparently Frank Dukes is a con man and a liar and like salesman of the generation because they finally did find some people in Hong Kong that are aware of that tournament. No such thing. The army has no recollection of him ever serving and the guy who's supposed to be his teacher with the son who died doesn't exist. Like there was a, there was a serious Snopes investigation into his story and none of it holds water. Oh,
1: that breaks my heart. It kind of
0: does. And it doesn't because it's a great story and it's yeah. a kicking movie, but yeah, maybe it was all based on uh, one very clever, inventive man. Yeah.
1: It's uh, so all right to have fiction and nonfiction. Just be honest about what it is.
0: Yeah, you, just, you wish it were real. Kumate, because it's a hell of a fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kumate, Kumate, On a genre and uh, gave a man a career.
1: Fastest thing I ever saw.
0: You'll break my record. Now I break you. Welcome to the Bottle of Brown podcast. I'm your host, Danny Paul. Joining me in the Bob Media Studios is our long lost man, the vice host himself, Leon Coventry, ladies and gentlemen.
1: That was a delayed one. I thought no one was going to cheer for me because it's been so long.
0: <laughs> That's got to happen. That's got to happen. <laughs> Pause for effect and cheer. We are are recording this, Leon, on the 7th of July. Happy belated birthday, America. Uh, For those of you that follow the pod, you're probably very curious as to why all of a sudden from April 13th we jump into July. That's because we had shit to do. Uh, Mr. Jones will not be joining us tonight. But uh, we're back in the saddle tonight, and we're looking forward to... Getting to the brown bracket, which is going to come to you in a future episode, hopefully not too far away. But we got to get Mr. Jones back in the saddle and we got to dedicate ourselves to probably two episodes, Leon. What do you think? Yeah, I think two episodes. Yeah. I know it's just been staring at
1: me for all you uh, out there that don't know what the brown bracket is. Last year, Danny and I did it, and I think it was a pretty good first attempt, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it wasn't as blind as we liked it to be. So this time, Triple B picked out the brown and marked them with letters. So we have no idea what they are. Mm-hmm. And I mailed them to Mr. Jones and Danny, and we've had them now for two and a half months. <laughs> <Staring at us laughs> yeah. Waiting been for this aging. brown bracket. I they hope the triple B hasn't will. lost
0: the key. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah if she will we'll have to rely on her memory if she doesn't remember. If she -hmm. she did, in fact, lose it, because this was a fun idea until, you know, (laughs) life, Life. 2022 took a big steaming pile uh, of crap. Yeah, a lot. A lot's been going on. So it was always, uh, you know, one week it was me, one week it was you, one week it was Jones. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. And I'm starting to get emails from uh, from the Bobs out there going, hey, man, is this thing still working? You having problems with the pod? I was like, no, no problems. We're just uh, taking a sabbatical a recharge, if you will. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And, uh, you know, we needed that
1: Magic 22 to really want. That's right. What do you. Let's uh, let's get down to brass tacks here. What's your brand tonight? Well, at the very, very good recommendation, because we're returning to the Mac, I'm going with the OG, my favorite daily drinker,
0: Buffalo Trace. The BT. Yes. As well. I'm drinking your favorite hooch tonight, Leon. Buffalo Trace, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Yeah, that's, that's the way you got to bring it
1: in. You got to bring it back with the good old, reliable, delicious
0: whiskey. Nine proof. Distilled, aged, and bottled in Buffalo Trace Distillery, Franklin County, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Cheers to you, sir. Welcome. Cheers. Back. Ditto. All right. Now that we've talked about Brown, let's talk about Brown. How you doing? Whiskey and whiskey. This is the darkest brown you got. Yeah. Say, Holmes, uh, where they hiding the scotch? What about, um, brown? That's code for bourbon. Great stuff, this bourbon. Comes from a land called Kentucky. Talk about brown. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch.
1: Scotch? Oh, yes, I I think so. Can I have one more of these with some booze in it, please?
0: We're going to go way back in time to April 28th for this one, Leon. This one comes to us from Motor Trend, of all places. Still relevant. Rates, bro. Still relevant. Still relevant. Because, of course, Brown is timeless. The article starts, drink up. Scotch whiskey production begets biofuel bonanza. And then it has butanol here in Parentheses. Blending biobutanol with gasoline reduces carbon while solving a thorny waste disposal issue for the distilling industry. Leave it to the Scots to invent a way for whiskey to benefit motoring. Clever Celt Martin Tangney saw an opportunity to turn a waste disposal problem faced by the nearly $6 billion Scotch whiskey distilling industry into a profitable carbon reducing biofuel called butanol. The definition of win-win-win. Well done. Near drop-in replacement for gasoline, and by blending it with gasoline, it can be distributed via existing infrastructure and safely burned as a lower net carbon fuel. That's all, gentlemen. Good night. Let's give this man a Nobel Prize. Oh, drop the mic. Why do we need to go on? <laughs> but we need to go on. For each liter of smoky, caramel-colored elixir that gets produced, a distiller ends up with 5.5 pounds of leftover grains and other solids known as draff, and about two gallons of pot ale, a yeasty, watery liquid that's left in the still after the alcohol is boiled off. In total, Scotland's distillers crank out over three quarters of a billion tons of draff and over 600 million gallons of pot ale each year. Presently, some of the draft gets fed to livestock, but much of the solid waste ends up as landfill, while the pot ale largely ends up in rivers or the ocean.
1: You know, that's interesting because when I did the tours, many of the tours on the Bourbon Trail, a lot of them were really touting how environmentally friendly their process is and how they take the water from the river. and They return clean water to the river and how they take the grains and, and the barley and everything, and they, they'll they end up making it into livestock food or they make it back into compost so that it can feed the next round of whatever they need to do. And it's almost, you know, they really pat themselves on the back. So to find out that this much of it is actually
0: going into the, uh, the landfills up
1: in Scotland, it's about time somebody stepped up.
0: I can definitely see that the solids are going to good use, but then maybe this pot ale is difficult because what do you really do with it? Do you bottle it as that hop water stuff or is this literally just toxic waste? Mm. Redistilling the draft ale. Tangney's process combines the solids in the pot ale, then initiates a different fermentation process that's more than a century old. This ABE fermentation process uses anaerobic bacteria to convert starches and carbohydrates to acetone, butanol, and ethanol in the three-six-one ratio in much the same way as yeast makes booze in the original operation. See, that's just genius on a whole other level. Absolutely. Man's got an enterprise called Celtic Renewables in Edinburgh, raised some $52 million to build its first refinery at Caledon Green in Grangemouth, and has plans to build others. Initial facility is expected to begin operation this year. When fully functional, it should be able to process 55,000 tons of whiskey byproducts. Additional refineries are planned, and the company hopes to expand to process waste from other spirit distilling, food processing, and related industries that produce waste. I don't want to say other than this is, this is, this is a candidate for a uh, person of the year.
1: Absolutely. And I think that it, is, it should serve as a model to a lot of other things that are going on right now. You know, let's, let's back out of April and get back into July you know, very popular and a popular controversial story that's going on right now. And I don't know if you read anything about that, but over the Netherlands, the farmers are, you know, Mm -hmm. having quite a fit right now because restrictions, right? You got it. So they're trying to figure out, you know, they're, they're going to reduce their farming by, I, I don't know. I've heard numbers as high as 50% because of the livestock's uh, and and by the way, they are the second largest producer, um, next to the United States, of livestock and these types of uh, goods. So in a in an industry right now that needs it out there, I think it's it's a scary thing to know that they're they're looking at reducing it, it and of course the farmers are super upset about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to claim that I know that much about the you know, politics or all the ins and outs. Where I want to circle back is if methane is truly the problem and this guy learned how to create waste and turn it into fuel, you know, I feel like methane's fuel. Like, can we uh put all these livestock in some kind of, you know, like butt domes, you know, (laughs) put some bags on the back of their ass and you know, let's get let's get creative here. Let's collect the the Yeah, let's just
0: Yeah, let's Dutch
1: oven them all. Some great
0: ideas. Just throw them all in a room and just let them have at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's gotta be a a
0: bowl of chili. I'm in.
1: Let's repurpose this stuff, man. Let's not just (laughs) shut it down. I (laughs) want my steak, and if you know, if a cow fart, you know, runs my car, I'm all for
0: that too. Honk to save the planet. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Let's get this guy on that. Let's put him over the Netherlands right now. Tangney, T-A-N-G-N-E-Y. He's brilliant. Hero of the year. Uh, Interesting here. Which whiskey should I drink to support biobutanol production? While it's still too early to know which distilleries Celtic Renewables will source its draft ale pot from, Tullabardine, a single malt distiller from just 30 miles away, has supported research efforts conducted to date. For those of you interested, Tullibardine T-U-L-L-I-B-A-R-D-I-N-E, has five different bottles of spirits, and it is a scotch. It is a single malt, and it does fall within Danny's wheelhouse because it's from the old country. Yeah, drink it. <laughs> get it and get <laughs> it. Let's talk about Brown. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's get into business news. News team, assemble! Let's get down, let's
1: get down to business.
0: And I got news for you. Today's business news comes to us from MoneyWise. This was an interesting one to me, Leon, because I see lots of stuff in the news about the coming recession and the housing crash. And I don't know how you feel about this, but doesn't seem like that's really what's going on from my perspective, because we still have help wanted signs everywhere. Unemployment is still really low. And it seems like the crunch is at the lower end. All the unicorns are laying off. So you've got software engineers that are looking for a job. And while that is tragic, we're talking about six figure white collar jobs. There isn't really that much going on at the lower end of the spectrum because you can't even get people to work at a restaurant. Like you're starting to see articles that say Olive Garden's just fine. Costco's just fine. But that's not everywhere. You don't Mm -hmm. have hotel workers, you don't have restaurant workers. There's a a serious problem with, with service positions to be filled, even for volunteer work. Like they can't even get bus drivers for the school system out in my area. So it's not like there aren't, uh, it's not like there's people getting busted out that can't find work. It's, you know, there, there's like four, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the number, but there are more open positions than there are people looking for employment according to the unemployment rate calculations. So this one appealed to me. The article states, forget restaurants and retail. Teens are seizing the jobs they want as desperate, quote unquote, employers try to fill seats. With unemployment hitting new lows, employers are turning over rocks these days to find qualified workers. Enter Gen Z, who previously proved their mettle in last summer's hiring spree. Data from HR and payroll company Gusto shows the teens aged 15 to 19 years old accounted for almost 10% of new hires in April 2022. Sharp rise from when they made up just 2% in April of 19 before the pandemic. And then in the month of May alone, that rose to 13%. Spike may not surprise you given that the unemployment rate for young people is now at a 70-year low. And the number of teens looking for work or currently in the labor market is the highest the country has seen since 2008. But teens may be surprised to discover just how much power they hold so early in their careers. Thoughts on this, Leon?
1: I have lots of thoughts on a lot of things you just said. I, I, maybe it's different in Arizona, and I think the the issue is the jobs. And you said that you know the lower jobs are saying help wanted, and I feel like it's a multi part issue. I mm-hmm. think one of them is. The lower jobs, um, even as much as they're paying now, you know, like entry level at twenty dollars an hour, twenty-two dollars an hour, whatever it takes uh, to get get them in the door, is still not enough. At least in California, to have a comfortable, and I and I don't even mean comfortable, like you know, don't have to worry about paycheck to paycheck, but it's not really enough to sit back on your laurels, right? So mm-hmm. it's almost as if, at least what I'm seeing is that people are like, well, what's the point, you know? And there hasn't been a lot of punitive. The last year and a half has has really put people. Uh, there's been a big protective governmental dome around uh, people that aren't able to pay whatever, right? Student loans. Your rent, um, food, you know, there's all kinds of things that are staples that you need to have to live. And the government's done a really good job, I think a really good job of making sure that COVID didn't cause anyone to go hungry or not have a roof over their head. What I think we're experiencing, what I feel we're experiencing is this hangover of, well, that was pretty cool. I don't know that I want to go back to that hell that used to be the nine to five, Mm -hmm. whatever form or shape it takes, and that I don't want to go back to a job that isn't even going to pay me enough to get me where I was before COVID. So, um, and the escalation and the inevitable recession that's coming down the pipe, it's going to be extremely painful. Uh, Because I don't know that the government can continue to put these protections in place because they're not going to have the tax revenue to to pull it off. So I I don't know what I think about this Generation Z. I'm uh, not surprised that people that are living in their homes, their parents' homes, that their parents are paying for their food, that their parents are paying for their cars and their gas that's doubled in a year. Um, are the ones that are benefiting from these lower paying jobs because the pe- people that are have to make it on their own, they can't live on it. So uh, I guess that's what I'm, I'm seeing over here. I, and I feel like uh, we're not that far away from <laughs> the old uh, living color days where how many jobs you got? You got the only three jobs. You need five jobs because that's what people are going to need to survive in this ridiculously high
0: inflationary period that we're going through. That's absolutely a thing in California. Your, yeah. uh, your standard of living out there is pretty gnarly. That's why you have to get gas rebates from your governor. Well, it's the dumbest thing in the world. I mean, I don't want to get too political, but why give
1: me a rebate? Just lower the fucking tax. <laughs> do that just do that i buy the gas and it's less why are you giving me a rebate because they know once they lower it they can never put it back on again
0: so yeah i mean take a tax holiday but the holidays always end yeah um the overall unemployment rate is 3.6 percent. plenty of workers quitting their jobs for better opportunities teen hiring rates have surged according to pardue um teenagers may even provide employers with an edge in the current labor market, citing advanced digital skills, greater energy. Last summer, almost four in 10 white teens were employed compared with 29.4% of black teens, 28.6% of Hispanic teens, 20.2% of Asian teens. There's a whole set of young people who are being left out of this very strong labor market. And that's where a lot of those summer youth employment programs come in in the inner cities to try and level the playing field. But Employers are desperate for new talent, which means kids have an opportunity to get something other than the McDonald's or uh, kind of the entry entry level jobs. So there's never yeah. been a better time to be a teenager looking for a job. No, I couldn't agree more.
1: But I don't I don't remember that there was a problem when I was a teenager. Like I, what did I want to do? I want to be a lifeguard, you know, and what did I end up doing? I I parked cars at a Chevy dealership because I was. Awesome. You know, I just got my driver's license. I get to drive everything from Corvettes to, you know, dualies and, you know, that that's my job. And I didn't get paid squat, but that's pretty badass because my parents are supporting me and I don't have to worry about food and all that stuff. So, it's a good job to have, but that market, those that age group is super required and um I just I'd like to see their see more of them get their ass to work because yeah. I know
0: I did. You know, Gusto data shows the teen hiring has always been strong across the retail and hospitality sectors. There's also been an increase in professional services such as accounting and law firms from 1.1% to 5.9% between 2019 and 22. So we're not even looking at the regular hourly kind of hairnet name tag Joe jobs. We're looking at serious white collar office jobs the teens are coming in and taking over and that to me is that is profound well you
1: struck a chord with me there with law and maybe it's just in the role that i am or the industry that i am uh but holy hell i just feel like everybody is so litigious now (laughs) the courts are so backed up everybody's looking for that you know Larry Parker got me 1.5 million dollars, or whatever. Yeah, you still got what the accidentes
0: like, two 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 yeah. two billboard out there in South L.A. Yeah, yeah,
1: you got a sweet James.
0: I mean, I'm I'm giving oh, free yeah, advertising. sweet James, he's out
1: here too. Yeah, I mean, these these are the the litigious nature of everybody right now. To but you know, honestly, like that, I feel culturally, that's where we're going, right? Because how often a day? And I think that everyone should take this experiment, you know, get a little counter, you know, put one in each pocket. How many times do you hear somebody take responsibility for something a day versus how many times does somebody blame somebody else for or something else for something bad that happened? And I bet it's going to be like 30 or 40 to one that you're blaming someone else, but never take self, um, take it on yourself that you're the one that did the problem or you had a part in the issue that took place. And I think it spills over into everything else. It spills over into social media. It spills over into all these legal cases because it has to be everyone else's fault. It can't possibly be my fault.
0: Yeah. But wasn't it like that in the eighties though, it wasn't the term I'm going to sue you real big in the eighties. Well, yeah, I think that became a thing. Yeah. I, I wonder, I
1: would love to see, let's
0: let's let's put People this on getting in fist the and they started saying i'm going to sue you
1: i would like to see the year over year or month over month line chart to show number of cases filed you know anywhere from small claims all the way up i would just love to see are we oh, yes, is there more lawyers. yeah i mean i don't know where we're at maybe maybe i'm feeling something that's not really happening but i I just, God, I would just love some people to, you know what, I'm not, we're not even there yet. I know Leon Lowe's is way deep, but boy, I sure'd like to see some people have a little bit of honor again and have a little bit of self-respect, you know? Let me close a little
0: interesting tidbit here. Uh, Some businesses are sweetening the pot even more to entice young workers. Um, Some people are seeing $500 signing bonuses at some grocery stores extra pay for working nights, weekends at retailers like Target, and even tuition assistance for businesses like Amazon. While some employers may want teens to work as many hours as possible, in this competitive market, teens have bargaining power to negotiate, whether that comes to scheduling, responsibility, or pay. Now, while that sounds awesome, what I wonder, kind of going back to your uh, thought about not taking responsibility, if a 17 year old walks into a market where he can play one off of another for an entry level $15 an hour job, is he going to be ruined later in life during a down cycle when he thinks he can do the same thing? Because at some point this is going to you know, go through its cycle and you'll be back to beg borrowing and stealing for a shitty job just so you can get paid.
1: I think it's human nature nature to overvalue your own worth. You know, how how many times do people go into a review or, you know, go into a, a job interview like I am the best? Now, that's good. You should have confidence. As a matter of fact, you should have confidence. I'm not saying don't have confidence, but have also a little bit of humility in reality and what your true value is. And I think a lot of people that I've interacted with uh really overshoot the moon on that one you know uh I and and
0: and hey maybe it's no no I'm not wrong on this one that's absolutely what's happening I'm, I'm with and I, you if you ever go to traffic school and you're sitting in the crowd and the instructor says how many of you are good drivers everybody raises their hand. Yeah. How many of you think that everybody else is an awful driver everybody raises their hand. He says all right so just even within this room how can that be possible? Right. So, I'm yeah. with you. Well, let's talk
1: about that for a second. What were you doing in traffic school there? I know which one you should have been in. Oh,
0: which time was this? <laughs> I had to be speeding. Well, what, what happened was I was, so, and, and it wasn't so me, it was. Me and Keith was hanging out and then we all started running. And I was like, how come, how come? No, you know what it was? I, don't, I know what it was. I know what it was. Because I'm pulling up some, some memories here. We had child one in the car. Who was three maybe almost three and we had child number two in the wife's belly and we were flying down the toll road past your house to get to a nice tree uh down in uh wagon wheel so that we could take family photos and i got pops for speeding That was the last time I went to traffic school. So, for the Mm. Bobs listening, it's been six years since I took traffic school, which means I am an exemplary driver and the rest of you suck.
1: Or because COVID kept you in your house for two years and that helped you not get a ticket as well.
0: So many things, (laughs) fans of the podcast. (laughs) Anyway, that's business news. Let's get to your favorite. Let's get to the crank file.
1: I could look for something in the crank file.
0: Crank file whatever. Leon, this one disgusts me to share, but I have to for the good of the show. This one comes mm. to us from the Thrillist dated again late April because I had to hold on to it for the bobs out there. Tropicana is releasing a cereal made to be eaten with orange juice for it instead of milk. Absolutely for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys get a knife and scrape your tongues at the thought of this because half of you are going to go on Leon's side. And half of you are going to come over here with me, because this to me is de- disgusting.
1: Well, we've talked about it in the past. And I think this was my great grandmother that told me when she was in her mid 90s. I said, well, you know, what's your secret of life? She says, glass of orange juice every morning. Uh, that's her secret of life. Noted. And I also try, I wouldn't say every morning, but I do drink orange juice every morning. I always have. I love it. I think it's delicious. If, it, if it's around, I'm going to have it. And growing up, you know, I did not drink milk because I was allergic. That's true. And I know this. So I, I drank what all of you make fun of, Vitamite, which I can't even find in the stores anymore. But for all you that don't know what that is, that was silk before it existed. Oh, so less right. And then we got what? Lactaid? You got a bunch of different options. Yeah. Yeah, now we do. But right. back then it was basically Vitamite yes, or Mocha Mix. That was it. That oh, was the two, Mox. the two. Uh, sorry, you can't drink milk brands. Oh, you poor and, and they ruined every cereal I ever put them on, but that was my childhood. <laughs> so when I look at putting orange juice, which I love, on cereal, which I love, I think
0: that's a home run. So worth trying. All right. So for but those the, of you that are lactose that you're- intolerant out there, you can head over to Leon's camp because he's damaged. But otherwise, if you <laughs> have regular, opportunities to eat traditional cereal, this is just wrong.
1: All right. Let me get. Let me oh, get back to Hold here. on. Give Give a visual of the, of the cereal. We're not talking about Lucky Charms here.
0: Well, so here's an interesting one. Is it's a Tropicana Crunch Honey Almond cereal, cereal made for OJ, and there's a little orange with big Ray Bands on. Um, and then there's a hand pouring orange juice into the cereal bowl. And there's a little bit of cereal that's spilled over the edge and it's very theatrical and artistic. Now, why would they choose a black hand? Is this a demographic target right here? Is this? No, is no this African American people love orange juice in their cereal, or that just happened to be the actress that they chose at the time. Cause it certainly looks like a female hand. She's got nail polish on.
1: It's a female hand. She's clearly married. She has nice jewelry. Uh, And I don't think you need to look into it any more than that. All right, I won't. Yeah, I don't think there's anything more
0: Only the text refers to an underserved demographic, sir. Ooh, well, I guess I don't pick up on on subtle hints. There's a small but dedicated group of people out there who love to substitute orange juice for milk when eating cereal. According to the folks at Tropicana, something like 15 million folks from some of the country's biggest cities have tried the combination. To reach this underserved demographic, the juice brand is dropping a cereal created to pair with orange juice. According to Tropicana, the same company that bought us toothpaste that doesn't make orange juice taste bad, doesn't work, the new Tropicana Crunch cereal features honey almond clusters that are made to be drowned in orange juice. new cereal will be available for fans just in time for National Orange Juice Day, May 4th. Although curious fans won't be able to find the new cereal on shelves for the time being, they can visit the Tropicana Crunch website to order a box. I'm sure by now, by now, it's probably on the shelves. Uh, But I want to go, I want to address something you said before. You don't think that this is targeted specifically at somebody? No. Okay.
1: And I'll tell you why. And this may come off crappy and you may have to cut this out later, but I can't help <laughs> but say it. Uh, I feel like advertisements more than anything are, are extremely diverse, overly, exceptionally diverse. They don't, they don't even come in close to matching the population they're trying to serve because they're trying to cover all the bases and make sure they don't offend anyone. Okay. So that's what I think when I see things now, I just brush it off because I don't know if you're just trying to be inclusive or equitable, or you're actually sending a message. I don't know anymore because advertisers shows things on TV are trying so hard, overly hard to be like that. And right or wrong whatever i just that's how i see it now so all right, I, right. so i
0: taking it. the let's avoid liability diversity argument yes. i will take the side of this is a very specific representation image to show that the underserved demographic is the african-american community now i don't have anything to back this up so for any of you bobs out there that want to chime in and correct us obviously please do that bottle of brown at gmail.com or give us a call at six zero two five, two, nine, four, five, six, two, and set me straight. But what I look at when you're talking about advertising is there are very subtle cues in advertising that want to trigger certain impulses at a subconscious emotional level. Case in point, if you ever watch CNN on Sunday mornings, do you know what the advertisements are for CNN on Sunday mornings? For those of you that still have cable, it's pharma and Life lock and help. i fall in and I can't get up because
1: all the seniors are the only ones. Because that have the only it. people watching CNN
0: on a Sunday morning are old people. Okay. So they yeah. target their advertising to who they expect to see this. This isn't a, a family, a, a multicultural family sitting around a table enjoying Tropicana crunch cereal made for OJ. This is a very singular picture of one person pouring orange juice into a bowl of cereal. Now, with that being said, would I try it? I might. <laughs> well, great answer. <laughs> maybe.
1: Oh wow. I'm glad you I'm glad you held on for you.
0: <laughs> if there's peer pressure and everybody else is eating it, maybe I'll try it. Uh, well but my initial response rarely. is but that's I fine. The, I'm not in the lactose intolerant community. We embrace you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm not anymore, but the effects are still
0: strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, I think it's got to be
1: better. I think it's you cast be- your
0: lot. You know what this is? This, this, I'm going to put this up there with the uh, cake versus pie debate. Yeah. Because everybody is one or the other. Yeah.
1: Eh, okay. You know what? I would love the Bobs to chime in. I'd love to have a little poll. Let's put a little, uh, can we put something on the site? Can we, can, can we do, do a little
0: survey? Let's see, let's see if I can do it. Let's see if we can get a poll up on the site. So I'd like to know what people are thinking. Dear Bob's.
1: I Dear feel like you're going to win this battle. Bob's. I think most people are going to say, Leon, you're out of your mind. But OJ I think. OJ
0: Serial great, Or, oh my God, shut the fuck up. When was the last time you just poured yourself a glass of milk and drank it? Oh, probably never. Yeah, just milk by itself. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The, the glass of orange juice in the morning, Leon, hundred percent. I'm with you. Yeah, but milk yeah, by I'm itself. Saying. I don't think grownups do that. There's like a, it's like a rule. Can I no. eat something with it? Can
1: I eat Oreos? You know, my dad was like that though. He would always say, "You have to have milk with dinner." I'm like, "Here." Well, first of all, I don't drink milk. But second, that's crazy. I would, I'd rather water yeah.
0: any other liquid. Oh, my six-year-old busted out a glass of milk at dinner today, and I was like, "All right, whatever you want, as long as you finish." Huh. But yeah, it was, it was uh, milk is a very specific drink.
1: Yeah, and those animals are creating
0: methane, which is going to be gas for my yeah, car. Yeah, and you know, well, apparently, them. it's not going to be coming from a Dutch cow anytime soon. Now, neither here nor there. <laughs> that wraps up the crank file. Let's get to Because Florida. Because anything goes to Florida. Baby, let the good times roll. Because anything goes to Florida. Come on down and do your words. Longtime fans of the podcast know that our Because Florida segment is never without content. The state that keeps on giving. I actually found one from today. Leon actually dated uh, July 7th. The night we're recording, and it was updated uh, no less than five hours ago. So this one's fresh. It comes up from the New York Post, one of our favorite places of gathering Florida content. Naked Florida man climbs onto big rig, throws highway into chaos. And there's a video.
1: Yes, please, put all of our stories. All of
0: podcasts, The Brown Bulletin. We like to post links to all these stories so you can follow along at home. The article begins, it was full Monty Frogger. A nude man (laughs) threw a Florida commute into chaos last week after he scampered across several highway lanes.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. The picture, everyone, please go look it up this. Go look up this article. Go ahead.
0: Scamper to come. I'm going to finish this. Scampered across several highway lanes and hopped on the bed of a semi-trailer. Startled, Sarasota drivers stopped to observe the mayhem on Interstate 75 at about 4 p.m. on June 30th and posted footage of the incident to social media. Adding to the turmoil, the unidentified nudist executed his dash and mount amid driving rain and moving cars. You can see the rain on the, on the ground. Like it's coming down people. It's not a little bit of rain. It's sheets of
1: rain. Oh, and he's very, very, very svelte.
0: (laughs) Some concerned motorists called nine one one and deputies took the man into protective custody. He really wanted that shot, didn't he? Uh, Sarasota County Sheriff's officer spokesman, Douglas Johnson. Doug, you want to come on in here? <laughs> we were able to transport him to a local hospital for a mental health evaluation. While we don't know what may have precipitated this man's actions, it's apparent he was exhibiting abnormal behavior. This was a very dangerous situation for the man and the motorists traveling the interstate at that time. We're thankful we were able to resolve the situation safely.
1: You know, you, if, Doug, if the police department spent as much time training. Their police officers on how to correctly handle situations as they do in front of the mic, in front of the press. Mm. I don't think any of the issues would exist
0: today. That that. was a very carefully guarded statement, wasn't it? Yeah, nice and polished.
1: The the, I'm telling you, that guy absolutely nailed it. There is no way on God's green earth that I could go out there with a straight face and talk about this (laughs) issue professionally. I mean, this guy What's is he an pulling? absolute train wreck. He's got to be pulling. Yeah, that truck was hauling ass. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> ass.
1: Yeah, the truck was hauling ass. That's yeah, for sure. Taken
0: into custody and transported to a local hospital for mental evaluation. That's for sure.
1: Uh, yeah. Good for him. Good for do him. He's that that he-
0: pulling 250. I he's not a small <laughs> man. No, he was not a small man. He was a large, large... I'm going to give him this much, though. Gator. Despite having nothing on at all, he did have shoes on. Well, you know, he's... He had yeah, that's the right? Socks and shoes. perspective to put shoes and socks on as he scampered across. This is one of those highways with the metal dividers and the big green center strip going between it. So this dude had to work. Like, he had to jump the divider, run across all these lanes... And then hit the truck. And then the, the videos that are posted don't really have any explanation of what he was trying to do other than, I guess, he just wanted to go for a ride. Oh, my God. But I just is, felt like running. <laughs> he is our champion of the Sunshine State. Oh, that's quality. That, that is that because is quality. Florida. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's get into parenting. We can make kids right now. That's why we're here. It's,
1: not the, year,
0: it's the mileage. Leon, this is a good one for you. This comes from PopSci, Popular Science, A Casual Angler's Guide to Taking Kids Fishing for the First Time. Now, before this expert here, dated May twelfth, twenty twenty two, jumps in and starts talking about how to take kids fishing. Do you have any things that you want to say, either immediate? Pre-corrections to what's wrong, 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 or perhaps predictions on what they'll say. Well,
1: I took my daughter fishing when she was two. Oh. And we used, I think it's important that early on you use um, non-alive things. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that freaks them out early on so don't use worms, no don't worms, use okay. minnows, yeah. no don't night crawlers. Use night crawler. Yeah, don't use any of that. Use uh, okay. put the hook to the use eyes. chicken livers, use Love yeah it. crackers, use, use orange uh, juice cereal. We were using hot dogs, honestly. And that's okay. All yeah. Right. She likes hot dogs. And so I I think that's that's pretty big. But yeah, I I don't know that there's much to it other than make sure you go to a place that actually has fish too because you don't want to disappoint them early on too. You want to make sure they get something or that I think that's like a key uh,
0: that's a key element there is is make sure that you have a place with fish in it. Otherwise it's just you in a boat with kids ready to pull all your hair out and kill yourself. <laughs> the article begins, I never enjoyed fishing as a kid. It was boring, early, long, and we didn't catch much. Now that I'm a parent, however, and a regular fisherman, I've been teaching my kids to fish, though I never would have imagined it as a child. I've come to treasure those hours out on the lake and know they will as well. If you're not an avid angler yourself, but want to get the family involved in the sport, you'll need to make sure it's fun for them. That means catching fish. Lots of fish. Kids starting out would much rather catch 40 little sunfish than the biggest bass in the lake, like you or I would. Fishing with children is all about quantity over quality. Well done, Leon. And there are Mm. several ways to increase your chances of having a big day. And the article goes on, do your research in advance, find a place that's got a lot of fish, keep the equipment simple. How'd you handle the hooks? Uh, Well,
1: I handled the hooks Right. and the the equipment is important. That's why all the children's poles are like, we always call them the Snoopy poles, but Mm. you know, they pick your brand. We had the frozen pole because she's a princess, of of course, but the, uh, those ones are great because there's nothing to do other than push a button. It goes out, you start reeling in, it comes in. It's pretty simple. You know, you don't, but also they're not designed for the whoppers either. So spot on with the sunfish, bluegill, whatever, something, something tiny. Don't, they're not going to have fun if they hook up on a a giant fish anyway, because they can't reel it in <laughs> anyway. So why would you want to even do that? But uh, yeah, that's why they make the, the kids pulls that way. Don't, don't shy away from that that's a good way
0: to start that's that's basically word for word what the author says is appropriately sized rod for each child with a kid friendly push button reel and uh, pick out the tackle that works best bobber barbless hooks worms and don't be afraid to ask anglers love to talk fishing bobbers are fun can i just chime in there because the bobber is the little blue and red or
1: the white and red thing right That's one kind. They have all kinds. You know, they have the stick kind that are like thin and go up and down. But either way, you throw it out with a bobber and it's very visual for the for the kid. You could see the bobber go down, you have a fish. You know, it's not like wait, as you reel in, you're if if you don't have a bobber, the impatience is way too much for a kid. Mm. Because you're like, I don't know what's happening. I'm going to have to reel in this thing and make sure I still have bait. It's like, it's been out there for five seconds, huh? you You're going to have to leave it out there for a little longer. <laughs> so the, the bobber is fun to watch. And it's uh, a good tool to indicate whether or not you
0: ever had a bite or not. Uh, have a plan for when the fish aren't biting. And my father-in-law loves to say it's called fishing, not catching. Sometimes despite your best efforts, you just can't find them. Those long, boring periods can destroy a kid's interest. Make sure they have something to do while you're waiting for the fish to come back on the bite. Now I recommend,
1: go ahead. Oh, sorry. I recommend you get a cooler full of beer and you Mm -hmm. put it like 300 yards away and you say, honey, go get me a beer.
0: And she'll be back in 10 minutes. (laughs) There's a level of genius there, Leon, that I don't think is appropriately appreciated. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) Also, there is a cookie in there
0: for you. So you're assuming that you're fishing on land because you don't want to put the cooler 300 yards away if you're on a boat.
1: Fair enough. This was definitely a lake fishing trip.
0: Yeah. One of the easiest ways to keep children happy and entertained is snacks. I never take the kids out without a pocket full of snack bars, fruit snacks, trail mix. When fishing slows down, the food comes out until we can find the fish again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keep binoculars around. In case of bird identification, and when the fish disappear, the kids start bird watching. That's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep a face mask and a snorkel on the boat in case you get so enraged you want to kick your children overboard. That's not what happens. I'm <laughs> swimming. Uh, weather permitting, kids need a break. They can mask up, jump overboard, explore the lake from a different vantage point. Similarly, sometimes fish from shore near a beach. And the fishing slows down. The kids go swimming, and of course, the three hundred feet beer cooler. Well done, Leo. Notice what it didn't say, though.
1: What Ah. did it not say? Don't bring any fucking electronics for your kids. Ah. Enjoy the moment. Do not bring an iPad or a
0: Amazon Fire or tablets. No phones. No
1: screens. Tablet. Nothing.
0: No screens. That way you suffer while they do. Yep. But they are pretty good here. It says, finally, don't be afraid to cut a trip short. Sometimes you just need to call it a day and get some ice cream. Which, 100%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Respect the environment. Catch and release. It's very easy to accidentally kill fish. Know how to take a hook out. Catch a bass, for example. You can usually just remove the hook with your hands. Other fish, like pickerel, have large, sharp teeth. They need to use a pair of pliers and a hook extractor. Different story when the fish swallows the hook. Also decide if you want to keep it, assuming its size is necessary. Nothing in here about uh, go down to your local hardware store and pay, what, $8 for a fishing license? What did we pay in Ohio when it came to visit? Yeah, that's about what it is, 8 yeah. to $12. Yeah. Make sure you get a fishing and that license. Is still,
1: that's still the picture that shows up when you call me. You holding <laughs> up my, that my
0: fish. $8 fishing license. Yeah. Well, I'm a licensed fisherman in the state of Ohio, I'll have you know. I believe you caught a saw guy that day. I did caught a saw guy that day. That's a rare fish. That's right. Big deal. So that's some interesting and helpful advice for anybody that wants to take kids fishing is expect it to be boring, but properly prepared. It could be a fun time out on the lake with your kids. Don't expect to catch anything. But if you do, quantity over quality, and you'll have yourself some nice quality time. With the children. That wraps up parenting. Been a long time coming. And I know the man has a lot on his mind. So I won't waste any more time getting to Leon Loth's.
1: So far, Danny, I haven't heard a single logical reason. No, no, don't accept this. It's frustrating. And we haven't cured cancer. We have not cured cancer. I don't know the answer. I'm just ranting about it.
0: Yeah, I'm right ahead on time, so I can give you some extra if you want. The floor is yours. You,
1: you know, I've hemmed and hawed because we haven't done one for a while, and <laughs> I'm going to let you choose which one you want to hear tonight. It's either fuck 2022 or
0: take care of your own business. You decide. I'm going to go with uh, 2022. All right. Some of you might be
1: enjoying this year. I don't think Leon is. Leon's not. Leon's having a terrible year. And I think think there's a lot of people that are on, on board with that. I think we all went through 2019 and we're like, okay, 2020, we're ready. We're ready to close the door on this. Let's go 2020. Just at the end of 2019, which was already a terrible, terrible year, 2020 comes out with the special present COVID. And all of us went to hell. And no matter what political side of whatever party you're on, you were frustrated most of 2020, because that's the way they made it for us. We had to hate them. We had to hate each other. There's a lot of hate going on. We hate being in our own rooms, we hate being in our homes, we hate seeing our loved ones sick and die. And then we said, okay, at least we have this wonderful magical vaccine. 2021 is gonna turn all around and the economy is gonna snap back. 2021 was worse, absolutely worse. Everything started falling apart even worse. And we said, okay, this is the hangover from 2020. Sometimes hangovers are worse than the actual being drunk. But 2022, here it comes. It's going to be amazing. This is the worst year, Danny, of my life. Hands down. Even the last six weeks have been so painful. And it's nobody's fault. It just, the hits just keep on coming. And, And right now, what are we at? Thursday, July 7th. Yep. I don't think there's a single person listening that doesn't have haven't hasn't had COVID in the last two months or doesn't know someone that's very close to them that has COVID in the last two months. Hundred percent. It is absolutely wiping out everything, which I think it was necessary to happen at some point. There was no way to keep this beast at bay. We knew that. And now it's taking hold and, you know, personally, in my family, it wreaked havoc, really bad havoc. And I, you know, I, I lost my grandparent over it in the last six weeks. Um, you know, my, you know, my parents took it really, really hard. I'm, I'm dealing with that, going through that. And um, the treatments, though, are really, really good. And I wish that people would stop focusing on the prevention because you can't prevent it you know news flash guys news flash there is no vaccine there is no mask there's nothing that can protect you from this mm-hmm. there's nothing and if you if you disagree with me that's fine you you send something in and you tell me a situation where it's possible outside of living in a bubble where you can protect yourself from covid it's too contagious it's going to hit you or it's going to hit someone you love So let's focus on what really matters. And that's the treatment. And I personally seen that happen uh, with, you know, my mother, when she got it immediately, she's every demographic that COVID kills and it scared the hell out of us. Get your ass to the hospital right now, go to the hospital. And she got some treatment. She got some pills right off the bat before it took her down. Mm. And I wouldn't say she skated through it, but she got, she got through fairly fairly unscathed. It was probably still miserable for a couple of days, but nothing like you saw in early COVID days of 2020. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if we could just focus more on the treatment or focus more on what do you do if you have COVID and the symptoms feel like this, instead we're punching everybody in the face on whether or not they're wearing a mask or if they've had a vaccine or if they've had five boosters or whatever. Guys, we're all in this together. You know, let's just fucking treat this thing and get through it. Outside of that, I had to put down my dog of 16 years. Have you ever put down a pet? Yes. It is the worst experience of your life. Yep. Because they look at you with so much trust and affection. And you're killing them. And, that's, and it wasn't their choice. You're making the choice for them that's unlike anything. And anybody who has ever gone through that, they know what I'm talking about. Anyone who hasn't, they probably can't understand that emotional connection other than, yeah, I'm sure it does suck because you lost something you love. But that is really, really hard. Cause that was the first time I ever personally made that decision. Mm. You know, parents made the decision before me, but this time my wife and I, we made the decision and, you know, you, you live with the decision and you go there and it was absolutely the right decision, but it doesn't make it any easier. Right. It's excruciating. It's, it, it rips your heart out. And that on top of, you know, lost a lot of loved ones in the last six weeks. Um, and you know, uh, they're not even all, in the, they're not even due to COVID. It's just what's going on. And It's so hard, and I've literally blocked myself from reading news these days because there's nothing they can tell you that is positive. They're out of of positive news, or they just don't choose to tell you. It doesn't matter who's they, who's they. Okay, fine. Mainstream media, non-mainstream media, social media, anybody, because they know that bad news gets more clicks, likes, hits, draws more comments, draws more action. And we just keep snowballing into this absolute nightmare of misery until we all hate each other for something, because that's the side I'm on. I hope, I hope that reason and logic supersedes what I feel like we're all being puppet mastered into right now to not like each other or dislike each other or hate each other for one trait. And you're re I feel like I'm really starting to see it now because we were in quarantine. Now we're out of quarantine. And now I I'm in, I'm in California. I don't know if it's different in Arizona, but people have taken sides and it's, it's becoming more and more aggressive and just sucks the life out of you. So there's almost no defense mechanism for the people that don't want to deal with it other than fully ostrich. Put your head in the sand and hope it goes by and then pull your head back out of the sand. Unless you feel like you're one of those people that just has a cause and you're going to go, you know, wave your flag for that cause, whatever the cause is. So be it. You know, I'm happy for you. You're going to fight for a cause. But honestly, there's just too many fucking causes for me to care about anybody's fucking cause right now. I'm sorry. There's just too many things going on. I just don't care. It's too much noise. It's time for us to start liking each other again and stop fighting. That's my love. 2022, fuck you.
0: So much loss. Uh, I think I'd be happy to know that Ted Lasso Season 3 is probably going to show up before the end of the year. We need it. We need some positivity again. God damn right we need it.
1: We need some positivity. I think there's everybody I hang around with, everybody I know, everybody that we It just seems like everyone's on the same boat. Like, Danny, you and I agree on enough
0: to make sure that we're friends. Occasionally we disagree, but it's. yeah. But we. Maybe it isn't enough for the pod. Maybe we should disagree on more things
1: no no no. it's that's why mr jones is on here i that's don't agree right. with anything that guy that's says right
0: i am supposed to be the middle fulcrum between the two of you <laughs> and because he's not here i have to sit in his stead and say no leon but no, i agree with you my 10 year old got it a very faint pink line on the at-home covid test and so by the next day uh, wife and the youngest went down to the uh, urgent care clinic got tested again faint pink line and so technically according to the test results they had it but uh, 10 year old was really tired was sitting on the couch watching tv and he fell asleep by the end of the next day he was back to normal the six-year-old complained of a sore throat maybe a little bit of fatigue and within a day boom back to normal wife's symptoms lingered kind of like um cold symptoms like she had stuffy nose um no fever no respiratory ailments just little kind of feelings of being off i did eight tests in nine days all negative
1: yeah i i have a very similar scenario where uh, it's like I, a tornado that takes out two houses in the street and that's it yeah i was the um First one, I had a sore throat, started to get a little bit of a cough, definitely had some fatigue, but nothing, nothing more. It felt to me like I had allergies because it was right at allergy season. I took COVID tests. Nope, didn't have COVID. Okay, well, it was like the 20th COVID test that I've taken for the sniffles in the last year and a half, two years. So mm-hmm. I I thought nothing of it. and. You know, two or three days later, my daughter gets it. Same symptoms, same everything. I'm like, ooh, maybe she has allergies too. You know, she got kind of exhausted for a day and day and a half, kicked it. And then my wife got it two days or so after that, and it took her down pretty hard. And she took her COVID test and she had it. And then we tested my daughter, she had it. And I tested too. I did not have it. Wow. So, very similar scenario. I tested fully on. I had all the symptoms. I had everything, never tested positive, but the two girls did. So, for whatever that's worth, it's, uh, I would say it's a a problem, sneaky but little triple no B doesn't have that problem. No, no, it's definitely, you know, all I can
0: tell you is drink bourbon. It's good for you. Mm. For show. Thank you, Leon. That wraps up Leon Loads. Let's uh, round third here. Let's get the bottom of the bottle. This bitch is empty. Yeet! I had a meeting with my cardiologist uh, three weeks ago.
1: What are you, 1990?
0: 90? Yeah. Was you was a think. cardiologist at your age? So I, I uh, probably could have my own loathe about uh, doctor's offices. And uh, because of that, I don't go to the doctor. So uh, I'll take all of your hate and vitriol and how dare you. But I just, I don't. I have a problem. I've had teledoc through various employers, or I'll go to urgent care if it's really, really bad. But I really don't have a relationship with a general practitioner, probably going on maybe ten years. Leon, I'm with you. I just don't. I don't. I don't care enough. I don't care enough to burn an hour and a half to get my blood pressure taken and a bunch of questions I can answer over email, Mm -hmm. uh, so that I can lose three hours of my life. And that's no Mm -hmm. disrespect to general practitioner doctors. I mean, doctors are awesome, but I don't. I don't care enough. I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is borderline hypertension in my medical history, and I think in my family. But I've always had a very low resting heart rate, and I wonder if that's because I was an athlete in high school, or if I'm just naturally active, or I don't know maybe because I'm already a human prototype, having not caught COVID based on all of my exposure. It's just you have such a big heart. It's got to be it. That's what it That's is. its got to be it. It's the big big heart syndrome. I went in for a, a wellness checkup because uh, my new day job has an on-site doctor, which is bitching beyond awesome. Yeah. I rolled in and uh, Dr. Deb checked me out and she said, your resting heart rate's really low. And I said, well, there are other ways to tell me that I'm awesome, Doc. And she goes, no, seriously, are you, are you a marathon runner? I was like, no. Uh, she's like, well, what do you, what's your exercise regimen? I said, well, I lift weights in the garage I said, I'm probably not as athletic as I used to be. I said, but you know, once upon a time and she said, I want you to go talk to this guy. So I went and, uh, I talked to a cardiologist and, and, uh, he came in, checked me out. He's like, man, eh, you're all right. He put the probes on, you know, the, the EKG or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he checked me out and he says, yeah, you got a low heart rate. He says, that's, that's totally normal. He says, but I'm a little bit concerned about the upper levels. And he saw that I had an Apple watch on. And so he, doo, 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 and he pulled up the heart rate function on the Apple watch. He said, see that, that might be a problem. I said, what do you mean problem? He says, well, at your age, um, you know, it's not unheard of for you to have a pacemaker at your age. And says, whoa, whoa, time out. Did you just say that word to me? He said, yeah, serious business. He says, if you have sleep apnea, then that means your heart is slowing down enough to where it's a problem. If you get under 30 beats a minute, that's a serious thing. And I said, well, it's probably because I drink. And he said, well, what kind of drinking? You know, well, we drink socially. I don't know that I slam every night, but you know, I like a good Brown every now and then. He said, well, if you're a social drinker, that isn't it. He says, but sleep apnea is a big deal. He said, so I want to get you on the treadmill. Because um, I want to check you out. He says, I need to get you over 160 beats per minute. Now, spoiler alert, Bobs, I've gotten my heart rate up above 160 beats per minute a couple of times since then because I had a little bit of a panic moment. So I, I'm running more now. I'm getting more exercise. Everything's fine. The bottom of the bottle wisdom that I want to bring to you today comes from the Institute of Sport, Exercise and Health. If you stand up for three hours, five days a week, has the same health benefit as running 10 marathons a year. Get out of here. And I have a stand-up desk. I have a stand-up desk at home. I have a stand-up desk at work. And I remember having this discussion, I think, with you, Leon, when you were working at the dealership. It's funny that you mentioned it earlier in the episode, which is what reminded me of this. Standing up and working all day hits so much different than your worst day at a desk job. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. It's also a stress reliever, you know, I think
1: you sit, you know, know, people like I I almost envy people that work with their hands um, and and ones that are outside because they don't seem to have the same stress level. I'm not saying it's hard or not hard, but you got to do X, got to make X turn into Y. Before you leave in the day, it's going to take this much physical effort, and that's what you're going to do. And on some level, it's it's kind of like how we're built. Instead of sitting in a chair and toiling, mentally toiling and mentally toiling and mentally toiling and not having any physical effort to actually get rid of it. And we're not built like that. We're not supposed to be like that. And I, I think it's definitely contributed to the mental illness. That we're seeing, uh, and and definitely cardiac. So, boy, I just jumped all over your your bottom of the bottle. But yeah, I think I think there's a lot to say for physical activity. And you know, you're inspiring me
0: to get a stand up desk now. Interesting take, isn't it? Fifteen hours a week, ten marathons. I don't know how they came up with that. I'm wondering if it's three hours all at once. Five days a week, but mm-hmm. I'm certainly more inspired to try and stand while I work or get up and do more. So there are times when I really want to sit down. like I, if I'm reading something on a screen, it's probably better if I sit down and read it. But if I'm having a magazine, I might stand up with the magazine. Um, if I'm watching something on TV, maybe I'll stand behind the couch, or I'll try and do something in the kitchen such that I'm standing up next to the counter. I stand and eat a lot. I don't sit down as much to eat as much as I remember I used to. Uh, And then if I'm outside, if I don't need to sit down, I won't. But that doesn't mean I've stopped sitting. It just means there seems to be more benefit in standing than there was in sitting. And uh, for the Bobs that know, I was without a day job for a long time. So I went and worked at a home improvement warehouse. You can't sit at all. And what I found was... I walked a lot more. I got a lot more steps. I was exhausted by the end of my shift, but I was standing the whole time. And that got annoying. But I lost weight. I felt better. I was more active. You look at pictures when I was doing that job, and you know, there's no fat in my neck. Like I, you're you're I don't want to say you're athletic, but you're certainly burning calories. Mm-hmm. So sit is good, standing's better. And that yeah. is what I will leave us with for this 59th edition of the Brown bulletin parting thoughts Liam. fuck you i'm <laughs> just kidding i like it <laughs> no no hey
1: it's good to be back on the show it's good to bring it back and uh missed your voice i missed the bobs and uh we'll, we'll try to keep it going hey we'd love a little interaction from you bobs out there Chime that's in. right
0: that's right and you're supposed to be actively
1: involved in this show you know why
0: what would you say you do
1: here. <laughs> Your job is to engage with the show, people. You know, I think we should have a contest. Uh, and the, the winning Bob, it will be the guest, guest vice host for an entire episode. What do you say about we that? We
0: certainly need to bring on some replacements here because you know, Mr. Jones has a life to live as well. I had, uh, I had a nice golf outing with our friend the midge. He is mm-hmm. interested. We also have, uh, as you rightfully know from the voicemail that I forwarded to you, uh, Uncle Quadi might want to join us. So there's possibilities yeah. of bringing on friends of the show. And yeah, uh, I think and even East Coast that. Hoot. East Coast Hoot. That's right. We got Hoot, our man holding up the East Side. So we got, we got
1: I, I think, I would love people to, to chime in on, on where we are with the current segment. Like I like this segment. I'd like you to replace this segment. What do you what do you want to hear? You yeah. Know? Should
0: we miss it up? Are we are we talking about the right things? Or are we are we hitting the right topics? Yeah. Absolutely. We require I mean, some you,
1: audience feedback. Do you care about my loads? I don't know if anyone does. Only
0: only you do, Danny. <laughs> I get the sense that your loads are a popular component and they need to stay. I don't know if we want to move into the front of the show because that sets a tone, but they got to stay. I'm not drunk enough. You know, I get drunk as the show that goes on. I've already drank in a half part a bottle. Of it. So maybe we ought to yeah. consider where we place it in the show, depending on your level of inebriation. Yeah. It's important. I think the best part of it is that I'm drunk. Yeah. Well, that's why I get more fired up. Name of the show is Bottle of Brown. <laughs> bottle of Brown down. down the hatch. Thank you for uh, sticking with us during our hiatus. This is episode 60. That's our show. You can email us at bottle of Brown. At gmail.com or call us at 602 529 4562. Leave a message for Danny, Leon, or Mr. Jones. We'll play it in the air. Give us ideas for content or refute anything we say on the show. If you like the show, please like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend. We're on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share a drink with us next episode. Same Brown Time, same Brown Channel. Bottle of Brown.com. place is dead anyway, man.